0: Hello, I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're A a Couple couple of of Characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. What are we talking about today, Alex?
1: (laughs) We are going to be talking about some improvements that we would make to 5th edition D&D.
0: Yes. Since it's so ubiquitous, it is just the most commonly played game, but that doesn't mean it's perfect for what you're trying to do and there's a lot of history roped in on why they do things the way they do, and we just have some suggestions to make it better.
1: Yeah, and I have some more mechanical ones, and you have some more philosophical ones, I would say.
0: That is true. But first, it's time for a random encounter. This is a segment where we briefly talk about characters we've encountered outside of RPGs, like in TV, movies, books, etc. Alex, did you prepare a character? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: I will be speaking on Lily from Sex Education, the Netflix TV show. Such and, a good show. Oh, it is. It's phenomenal. There's three seasons out. Go ahead and binge it if you haven't already. Very good show. So Lily is a character on the show, and she's very into, like, aliens, and she's an extremely talented writer, but her writing style is that of, like, um, alien alien
0: erotica.
1: Ro- erotica that's the word and so I think she's a little bit ostracized by her peers for that and for like her style choices because she's very out there but I love Lily just because like she doesn't care what anyone thinks and she's just living her best life she is I mean I don't think there's much else to say that really wraps it all up that's why I love Lily she's a unique flower and she's not afraid to show it
0: Yes, and I just want to protect this flower at all costs. Just just scoop her up and keep her in my pocket and protect her from the world.
1: Yep. What about you, Gwen? Do you have a character for us?
0: Yes. So today I have brought Camel from Three Black Halflings, Outlaws, and Obelisks. He is a camel that becomes sapient and is obsessed with Jasper's character Tovo. You
1: mean sentient? Sapient. What does that mean?
0: it means that you um gain like, like close to humans like you gain like wisdom and stuff
1: what sentient
0: is that? means that you are able to sense things and interact with those sensations like cats are sentient but not sapient huh who know okay yeah um but camel always calls tovo my prince <laughs> and is jealous when anyone shows affection for tovo and is also very willing to sacrifice himself to help tovo out like there's a point where he's like i will sacrifice myself in bloody glory for you my prince <laughs> and he's just awesome. very ridiculous and philosophical cuz he's like oh my gosh what it like what is my purpose and tovo's like you are a camel you are meant to be ridden and then he just goes i am a camel my purpose is to be ridden and carry things <laughs> And I, I just love this weird character.
1: I'm glad. Yeah. Now I did think the point of this exercise was to bring characters from outside of D and D, and RPGs. But,
0: You're right. We did. But
1: you certainly you blurred the lines on that one. But it's fine. We're It's Thanksgiving. I will forgive you. <laughs> we can be thankful for these D and D characters.
0: Oh yeah, I just loved camel so much. I totally forgot the whole point of the exercise. You're oh, well, right. that's fine. Yeah. No, it's fine.
1: All right. What. Let's let's start with your suggestions for improvements for 5e or maybe just one of them if you have multiple, but I think you just had one main one.
0: I have a main one, but I do have a second one.
1: Let's do your main one, and then we'll talk about my first one because I think they are very related.
0: Sounds good. So what I would do is because how race is like portrayed, depicted in Dungeons and Dragons is very problematic because it's based originally on like... Um, racism. Well, yes, I was going to say based on like the, the oh, writings sorry. of... it's based on Tolkien. Yeah, it's based on Tolkien, which is... Which was
1: based on racism.
0: Yes, and it just inherently is bad because it says that because you are a certain type of race, you have these different like abilities and things like
1: or alignment
0: yes alignment is also very bad but i don't know if we're going to necessarily talk about that yeah Well, i just
1: mean like in the player's handbook yeah it that's true like alignment they're like for orcs or are
0: evil and it's like well
1: yeah each race literally has an alignment it has
0: suggested alignments yeah. whatever which is that's a problem yeah so like
1: okay so what's your idea for improving or are you still going
0: um, oh, the other thing I was going to say is that, like, they also have, like, orcs always have a minus two intelligence and a plus to, like, strength or whatever. And yeah. it's just, like, that's that's not how people are. Like, anybody or, can be good at anything and bad at some stuff. Like Or
1: all elves are proficient in perception checks because I guess they're just more perceptive. But it's like, well... Are there not elves that are bad at perception or that are bad at balance? Yeah, or like
0: all dwarves know about stonework and are good at wielding axes and hammers. And it's like, well, not necessarily. Yeah. So my suggestion is to get rid of all racial attributes and bonuses. What? I know. This is unpopular opinion. (laughs) Well, unpopular opinion for some. I think popular for yeah. a lot of newer players, I right. think, would appreciate a system like I'm about to suggest.
1: I would say a lot of progressive players.
0: Yes. <laughs> um. So, everyone gets a plus two bonus to one stat
1: What? So plus this one is, to
0: another. So, this is just...
1: This is what you would do instead of the racial things they have. Yes. So, you still get Instead something. of saying
0: all elves have... Plus two to dexterity, and yeah. then dependent upon which sub race of elf, they get a plus one to whatever other thing. Mm-hmm. You just choose which abilities you're adding these scores to, and then yeah. it's very even, it's across the board. Because so this is
1: a lot like Natasha's <clears throat> suggestion for a lineage.
0: Yes. So it is like that, and it also just makes it more fair for everyone because, like, if you're a mountain dwarf, you have plus two to two different things, or if you choose half elf, you have plus two to one thing and plus one to two other things, you're getting more boosts than, like, someone else.
1: Right. I just think, yeah, it's definitely not evenly distributed throughout the races.
0: And then you know common, so you speak common, the the one that everyone knows. knows, and then you choose another language. Whatever language you want.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Then we take all of the racial features from all of the published races or whichever ones that your game allows. Sure. Put them into a big list. um, And then you just get to choose four of these features. And then just say why you would get that. So, like, if you had some sort of, like, dragon ancestry somewhere in your bloodline you might have a resistance to a specific type of elemental damage.
1: Ooh, or a breath weapon for yeah. that element.
0: Yeah, or if you have some or blood in you, you might be able to fly. Or if you have turtle in you, you can hold your breath. Like, these are all things that you can do and make, like, rational arguments for why your character should be able to have that, no matter what they look like. Right. And especially if, like, you're like basing on like the real world that like people are very mixed all around. Like the world is big and people are coming together and traveling and all this stuff that it's weird that people would different types of peoples in that world would be so separated, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, there's, there's two types of half races. There's half orc and half elf. And those are half human, half one other race. No other races mix.
0: Yeah. Very is, strange.
1: Yeah. And it's like, okay, I understand if maybe you don't want a Goliath halfling mix because that seems a little complicated. But hey, Hagrid's parents did it. Yes. Almost. I mean, Hagrid's parent wasn't a halfling, but you get it.
0: Yeah. And this system is a lot like um, the system used in soul shards, which we talked about earlier this year, Yeah, where they had like lists of stuff that you could like pull in different attributes. And I thought that was a great method for doing that. And it's not like this would break the game. Like if you want to choose to have like resistance or potentially immunity to different damage types, that's cool. That's fine. But then if you just pick that, that's all you can do. Like, you won't get any other cool social features or anything.
1: Right. You know what else you could do? Just be a totem warrior barbarian, and you'll get all those. Like, pick the bear totem at level three. Yep. Now you already got all those resistances, dude. Yes. You wasted all your four features for your race.
0: Yeah. Did you know you could fly <laughs> or have a swim speed or breathe underwater? Yeah. Or have a cool bonus to your AC?
1: Because oh, you're part turtle, turtle shell on you. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could be part construct slash warforge. Yeah. And not have to breathe, eat, sleep, or, you know. I think I said all the things. Breathe, eat, or sleep. Or drink, I guess.
0: Yeah. So there's just... I think it would also just give people the opportunity to really play exactly the character they kind of want.
1: I also think... It, it It, opens up the variety and like the role play aspects because like when you pick a race you're like okay i'm gonna be a dwarf and okay i got i'm playing a barbarian i don't really need this dwarven weapon training that is kind of moot yeah and i don't care about history stonework i'm never gonna use that because that's not the character i'm playing yeah but now with this you could be like okay i'm being a dwarf as like my base so i don't know i guess should we talk about this like what you would just pick a race, right? Like you would just say like I'm a dwarf and then I have these four features. Or yeah. would you say like I'm part dwarf, part elf, part halfling?
0: Yeah, I think you could really just say this is a this is what my ancestry is.
1: And then you can describe it and them get as detailed
0: you as you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just be like, yeah, both my parents are dwarves. That's cool. That's fine.
1: And then I was helping you out with this and I just made the r- rule for um, like size and speed, I said you're either medium or you're small. If you're small, your speed's twenty-five. If you're medium, your speed's thirty. Sounds good. And then there's also like there's the fleet foot feature from Wood Elf that you can take and now your speed's thirty-five. So it's like you still have the option to be faster. Yeah. You just got to use one of your features on it.
0: Yeah. Which is fine. And then it also by doing it this way it makes it fair with regards to like what you were saying that like yeah if you're a barbarian with a mountain dwarf and you're like cool I have all this features that I already would have gotten anyways by being a barbarian as opposed to like being a lizard folk as published where they have like six or seven things that they get and it's just it's a lot it's not very balanced so that that was my goal is just trying to balance between the different so every player is has more of an equal footing right? with what their character can do.
1: So this brings up my first point about, like, an improvement I would make to D&D 5e, and I think your solution here would just solve it. Yeah. But the Dragonborn from the player's handbook is just, like, the weakest race. Yeah. Like, why would you want to pick this when you could be a lot of other things that get way more features? Like, as a Dragonborn, you get the... The dragon ancestry, so you get resistant to a damage type, which is good. Yeah. That's like their best feature. Then the other thing you get is a breath weapon, which that's is kind of crappy. It's
0: very bad.
1: <laughs> it's like, it does like a, I, I can't remember if it's a 1d6 or 2d6, but it's like not as much as you would expect. But it's
0: and- also dependent upon your con, and they only get a plus one to con
1: no they don't get a con bonus
0: oh it's charisma and yeah. strength so yeah, yeah it's so bad plus
1: two strength plus one charisma your breath weapon is dependent on your con which you don't get a bonus to it makes no sense and those are like the only two features they get they don't even get dark vision they don't get like anything or else.
0: like a bonus to their um because like they have scales they should have like a better yeah, AC. An ac
1: bonus would be yeah. nice Yeah, so my... Yeah, like,
0: you have natural, like, your scales or natural armor, AC-15 or whatever. Like, that isn't crazy high, or AC-13 even.
1: Yeah, and I do think that... So we haven't picked up the Fizzbane book, and Andrew told me that there are some uh, new Dragonborn-like races published in that. So maybe those have addressed this issue, but as of right now, at the time of this recording, we haven't looked at it, and, you know, it's a... The player's handbook one is just weak. Yeah. So, but I think, yeah, do your method that you just suggested and now, boom, we got way more options for being a cool dragonborn. Yeah. Cause, guess what? Two of the features, you can take those two that I mentioned, the breath weapon and the resistance, and then you get two more.
0: Yeah. And as I said, like, you as, like, a gaming group can choose how, how many like how much source material you're including
1: oh you know be cool i just thought of this yeah but like my third feature for dragonborn i know we're not making a character this episode but maybe next one we should make this (laughs) guy uh my dragon ancestor is actually a dragon turtle i was just thinking that
0: (laughs) i was just thinking that myself actually yeah
1: that'd be great Okay. So good. Anyway, and then we get a fourth one, which will maybe amphibious or like the swim thing. Yeah, the swim thing. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. Anyway.
0: Juicy, juicy.
1: Yeah. Note that for later. We'll make that character someday. All right, Quim. What was your next thing that you wanted to talk about, or did are, are we good on this?
0: Yeah, I'm good on this.
1: Okay. Yeah. What was your second thing?
0: So I think that the current way that they do skills in 5e is misleading mm-hmm. so they have each skill tied to a specific ability score but if you dig a bit into the player's handbook they say that you can use other abilities to do checks
1: is that in the player's handbook it is in the player's handbook no
0: okay. it's in the player's handbook even right, Like when excellent. they when they talk about like like i'm pretty sure it's in the player's handbook let me double check real quick
1: okay
0: yeah in chapter seven
1: what page
0: page 175 of the player's handbook they say variant skills with different abilities normally a proficiency in a skill applies to a specific kind of ability check but in there, some situations like athletics is strength yes your proficiency might reasonably apply to a different kind of check so like maybe the, you'd want to do constitution for saying like if you could swim really far or, Yeah climb for a long time you know like those are just some examples of how you can do it
1: like an endurance type check where like maybe you're like walking for longer than you normally would you make an athletics based con save or con check
0: yeah but then if you were proficient in athletics you would still get to add your proficiency bonus so they have this rule baked in that most people don't know about or use because most people don't read the book
1: I know, and I think that this is why literally every time that it says, like, a skill in the player's handbook, it will put in parentheses, like, if you, th- like, make a survival, and then parentheses, W-I-S, and yep. then check. that is because exactly why. It's like, normally you use wisdom, so it's just letting you know, like, hey, normally, otherwise they wouldn't put that there because you would always use wisdom.
0: Right. Right. So I just think they didn't do a great job of really showing people that they can do this. Like, yeah. it's just one, like, little paragraph.
1: Not very transparent. Right. I mean, it was, it's in the book, but yeah. Like yeah. you said, not everyone's reading the book cover to cover like some people on the podcast did.
0: Yeah. And that <laughs> is a chapter that I did read through, like, the whole thing yeah. a long time ago. Like, I didn't read through all the classes. Right. Oh, Still I Still haven't read through all the classes.
1: I've read everything. Yes, I know. <laughs> not the appendix. I didn't read all the appendix appendices. Yeah, but <laughs>
0: um, well, that's also just the way like a voiceover works. You don't really have the option to not read through an entire section.
1: That is true.
0: But so I think that DMs should encourage players to make a case why they could use a different ability score that they are stronger in for different things to try to make them succeed.
1: I think on Critical Role, Matt Mercer has done this before a little bit, not very much. But I think he let, like, Ashley playing uh, Yasha make a strength-based intimidation check. Because it's like... Like, like I'm ripping my shirt in half to, like, show off my muscles. Yeah. That should be a strength-based intimidation. Yeah,
0: or, like, you're holding someone up against a wall, like, kind of choking them. Yeah. That would be, like, a strength-based intimidation check. Like, that also would make sense. Like, yes, that would be very scary.
1: So, some of them are, like, very obviously, like, transferable like that. Or you could do, like, uh, we were talking about this yesterday, and you said, like, what if you're, like, had training in, like, rock climbing... Or, like, bouldering, you know? Yeah. And you wanted to see the best way to get up a mountain. Maybe you would do, like, an intelligence based perception check or intelligence based athletics check, something like that, to first see how, what's the best path, and then, okay, now I'm going to execute. Yeah. And make, like, do this path.
0: Right. Or wisdom, whatever. Like, whatever your thing is good at. Yeah. And it just, it also makes players think about their stuff and. Be creative with what they have and just more actively participate in the story.
1: I think part of the reason they didn't do this as, like, as you are discussing right now is just because the 5E is very streamlined for, like, new players. Right. And it's it easier to just say, yeah, make a survival check. That's what you add.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: All right. Any other thoughts on that?
0: That. I think that's it for what I had.
1: Okay, come with me on the long, boring discussion of more mechanical improvements that I would make.
0: If you, if it starts getting too crunchy and boring, I will cut you off.
1: Yeah, that's what I want. That's why you're here. I'm gonna try to keep it pretty, like non. I'm gonna try to stay out of the weeds. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about the top of the weed, and we're gonna maybe lick in the grass. All right. We're not gonna go. And I'll try to
0: bring the spice. Keep it interesting.
1: Okay. So the first thing, I'm mainly going to talk about ways so we can improve different classes. hmm So the first one that I'm looking at, um, I'm going to go alphabetical, and I'm going to start with the monk. Okay. So my, I have two quick suggestions for the monk. So the first one is with the, um, the way of the shadow or way of shadows. You can cast some spells with some key. And I think if you cast the spell Darkness, you should get to be able to see through your own darkness. And they do this with, like, the, the Sorcerer. Yeah, and um, the
0: Warlock one, too.
1: Well, no, that's an invocation. You can oh, take.
0: it's an invocation. Yeah. Okay.
1: The Sorcerer, like, Shadow Sorcerer, they let you cast um, Darkness with your Sorcery Points. And if you do it like that, then you can see through the Darkness. So I think that would just be a cool feature that they're like, obviously they fix it later on, but I think because they were in the, this is in the player's handbook, maybe they didn't have the foresight to be like, ah, the spell's not very good if you can't see through it. And if you can, it's very good.
0: Yeah. It's very bad if you also are like stuck.
1: Yeah. It's still okay. You can use it to like run away or hide, but yeah. Alright, and then the other monk thing I want to mention is the Way of the Four Elements monk. I think all of the abilities are just too overpriced for key points that you need to spend. Mm -hmm. So there's a big table of elemental features you can do, but they're all kind of spendy. And I would just, I'm probably just going to remake this and we can talk about it on a future episode. So I'm not going to get in the weeds on this, but. I think I would just remake this whole sub class because <laughs> it's a cool idea. Who doesn't want to be Avatar like Aang from uh, Avatar, Avatar: The, the Last, the last Airbender. Airbender for sure? But they just made it kind of bad, and it's like hard to be Aang in a cool way. Yeah. So those are the first two, and then now we can talk about the ranger. All right. So I just have two quick notes. So the primeval awareness feature. This is at level 3, I think. You can spend a spell slot to basically locate animals within a mile of you, Or a creature type, not animals. Yeah, it's animals. like not
0: animals. I mean, creature it can type. be. You can choose beasts,
1: but. Yeah. Within a mile of view, and if you're within your favorite terrain, then it's 5 miles. And I would think that for a ranger... It should be a little more like locate a creature spell. So maybe if it's your favorite enemy, you can like know their location and number because I think the way it's described, it just says, you know, that there are some there.
0: I thought you knew their number. Let me check. No, it's just the, the types.
1: Yeah, you just learn the types, not the number. So I think you should learn the number and then if they're your favorite enemy, like which direction they're in. They don't have to be, it doesn't have to be like precise location because there is a spell for that, but it should be like direction like, oh, you know that they're to the north or whatever. Yeah. So, all right, that was my first ranger thing. And then the other one was with the Beastmaster, which they did kind of fix with Tasha's but for my suggestion your beast should level up with you so like in the Beastmaster, you get a creature of level or challenge rating one fourth or lower and i think that it should be like the cantrip thing where at level five now they can be a half or lower and then at level 11 they can be one or lower and then at level 17 or whatever or 13 i don't remember the numbers you know what
0: (laughs) I know what you're saying Yeah
1: yeah. This th- whatever the cantrip numbers are Where your damage for cantrips increase Your beast should go up by Like two on their challenge rating
0: Two or
1: Yeah two times one fourth is one half Two times oh, one half Oh that's what you one. meant I was like I yeah. thought
0: you meant like Goes up to eight
1: No, no And I sorry. was like um, The challenge rating should be multiplied by two
0: Okay so the one fourth Should be multiplied By two by whatever number of cantrips you know. Yes. If you were a full caster. Wait,
1: no, it would be two times that. Two to that power. You're making it confusing.
0: Can you just... (laughs) I don't think you clearly said what you meant.
1: It starts at one-fourth. Yeah. At level five, it goes to one-half. Okay. At level 11, it goes to one. Okay. So it doubles each time.
0: Okay, it doubles at each time your... Cantrip damage would increase. Got it.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. So I thought it was very confusing. (laughs) I think I have a couple more, but I feel like this is getting a little boring, Quinn. Okay. So I'm going to skip ahead. I'm just going to say these rapid fire. So the sorcerer, you should get your sorcery points back on a short rest. Mm hmm. And for the warlock path to the blade, you should be able to summon the blade as a bonus action, like. The Eldritch Knight came with their Eldritch weapon thing. So
0: Sounds those good. Those are
1: my two, like, other complaints. And then, finally, I want to end the, this section by talking about some capstones. hmm So, this is the feature you get when you reach level 20 in a class. Yes. So, not a lot of people probably reach this level with their characters, but there's definitely, like, a lot of classes that are way better than others. So let's do an example. Gwent what do you get as a barbarian in your favorite class?
0: You get unlimited rages, right?
1: That's one of the. That's the less cool feature.
0: Well, yeah, but <laughs> rages like as a barbarian, if you're not raging, what are you even doing? And then also.
1: Also, by that point, you yeah. you can just choose not to stop raging.
0: That's true. I'm always angry. Literally, I am Hulk. Yeah. Um, and then you add plus 4 to your strength and plus 4 to your con and that yep. is what like and the your
1: max goes up by 4.
0: Yes. So that is whatever your score already was, you add 4 to it.
1: Yes, yeah, so you can have 24 strength and 24 con, which is so good.
0: So your weapon attacks are incredible and you can take so much damage. Yep. It is not to Oh be yeah, cuz your
1: HP will go up by 40. Yeah. Just boom. You got two more in uh, your con mod. So there you go. Have 40 K HP. Yep. Because you're level 20 now. Yep. And then. Um, and another... really,
0: it's kind of like 80 because you're going to be raging. That's true. So. <laughs> so true. That's a lot of damage that and you then can
1: take. The cleric one. The your cleric other one is class. so
0: amazing. You So clerics have this thing called divine intervention. Where you can roll a D100, and if you roll under or at what level you are, then your deity will help Answer you. your prayer. Yeah, they'll answer your prayer within reason, whatever. So you, like, pray and ask them oh, to do something for th- information, whatever.
1: I don't think anywhere in there does it say within reason. I'm sure the DM makes it within reason. But. Well, that's, that's
0: what I'm saying is, <laughs> yeah. like, I think it's kind of implied. Yeah. But then... Their capstone is that it just automatically works.
1: Yep. You can just choose to succeed. I can just, hey, hey, guys, I can just ask a god for help and they will say, yeah, sure, I can do that. Yeah. Once a week.
0: Yeah, once a week.
1: Because with the divine intervention, if it works, you don't get to do it again for a week. But still, hey, asking a god for a favor once a week is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So then I'm going to just mention quick the other ones I think are really good. I think the Artificer for Cap sounds really cool. You get to attune uh, to six magic items and then like you get bonus to your saves for each item you're attuned to.
0: That is cool.
1: And Druid is you get unlimited wild shapes.
0: Which is great. Yeah,
1: it's basically infinite health if you're using it right. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, by that point you can also if you're, well, that might only be the moon a circle of the Moon that can yeah. do the cast spells while they're beast mode. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. It's still really good.
0: Yeah. Fighters get a fourth attack.
1: Yeah, so now we're moving into the good caps. So those were the four that I think are great, like the best four. The, the ones I think are good are Fighter, fourth attack. That's not bad. I think Paladin is pretty good. That one, you get like a kind of like a transformation for a minute, most of them that are like basically like hey, I'm, my oath has made me this holy warrior, and I'm just going to beast it out for a minute. Yeah. The rogue is that you can just, like, choose to roll a 20 once. So it's, it's not like a crit I don't think it counts as, but it's still like, oh, I just succeed.
0: Yeah, because, like, whatever you're adding to it is probably sufficient for it to succeed.
1: Then the other two that I have here are the witch, which we made up, but the capstone is you can concentrate on two spells at once. Um, and then like you know there's some limitations on it but that's pretty good and the wizard is that you can just know two level three spells and you can cast them each once for free that day
0: and they don't count against your other prepared (laughs) or number of known spells
1: yep so I think that one's good that one is probably the weakest of this list but I don't want to make up too many new features
0: (laughs) that's fair Coming up with rules is a lot of work. We understand, D&D, that it's hard.
1: Yeah, so, okay, let's now talk about the bad ones. The ones that are like, this is, I'm level 20 and this is what I got, you know? Yeah,
0: let's start with a bard, which is pathetic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the bard is, if you start combat with no inspiration or no uses of your bardic inspiration, you get to have one. There you go. Have a bardic inspiration.
0: And remember, bardic inspiration can only be given to one person, and then it's added to one specific die roll, and then it's gone. Yep. That's it.
1: I mean, at this point, it's a D12, but still, that's yeah. like, that's only if you start a fight with none.
0: Exactly. Why and are then, you starting
1: a fight with none? What What were you doing that yeah. you wasted them all?
0: Yeah. And then, let's say it's a big, big, hard fight because you're level 20, and it might go for like 20 rounds.
1: Yeah, because you're fighting literal gods at that point. Yeah, so
0: it's terrible.
1: So I have two suggestions for improvements. One was Andrew's idea, which I think is very good. So bards, you know, they're all about like helping people and kind of being masters of their craft. So his idea was make their proficiency bonus plus eight.
0: That is incredible. Like, think about if you have expertise. That is plus 16. They
1: do have some expertise. They also have jack-of-all-trades, so that just boosts every skill. Yeah. So, it's, like, very... I think it feels like a very barred thing to do. Yeah. And then, sure, whatever. You can keep the original capstone. If you want, who cares? It's (laughs) dumb. You know? Yeah. These capstones that we're suggesting, I don't care if you make them in addition to or if you just make them...
0: Well, this placement. other one wouldn't be in addition. The other option would just be doing unlimited bardic inspirations. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah the, my other idea yeah, is unlimited bardic inspiration, which obviously you wouldn't need the other capstone yeah. if you had that. Right. And I think... Sh- Like you said, you can only have one at a time, so it doesn't really break the game because... Yeah, it's each person
0: can have one at a time.
1: Like, outside of combat, yes, you can use this to, like, give everyone a D12, but they only last for 10 minutes, so... Yeah. You have to, like, know that you're going into a fight, and then you could give everyone one.
0: Yeah, and you also have to be pretty close to them when you give it to them.
1: But you can already do that because you have, (laughs) you know, you have six at this point because you have... I think that it's equal to your proficiency bonus or it's charisma bonus. So you have five at least.
0: Right. Well, I just meant more that like if like your group split up. Oh, yeah. And is going off and doing stuff in a city, whatever. You can't just be constantly boosting them if you aren't right next to them.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But still, I think this is a... Either of these are really good. I don't think I would do both. That seems a little broken. No. But one of these two I think is really
0: good. Or if you wanted to do like two things like that, you could give them a bonus expertise maybe.
1: Yeah, you could do something like that.
0: And then they could have the unlimited thing and that. You know, that might be cool. Yeah.
1: Okay, so now let's move on to the monk, which is similar to the bard in its ability to make us not say wow. (sighs) I I was trying to think of a word to say that, like, is the opposite of wild, but I couldn't, so I just went ahead and said...
0: it's underwhelming?
1: Why would I ever say something that normal? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's prepare to be whelmed, or even underwhelmed. Go ahead, Quim. What's the monk capstone?
0: So, if you start a combat, again, very specific, with no key points, you get four of them. Woo! I've
1: already used all 20 somehow, and now we're starting a new fight.
0: And let's say you're And I didn't
1: short rest.
0: Yeah, and let's say you're like a way of the four elements, whatever. That's one spell thing. That's it. There you go.
1: That's not even all of the spells. That's one spell that's like lower level-ish. Yeah, that's it. That might be like whole person once.
0: Yeah, like it's just so bad. Yeah. So what so, what would you suggest instead to make this little a little more comparable to a hey, god let me do whatever I wanted once a week.
1: Um so my two ideas which you could maybe even combine these two cuz I don't think it's that bad is that if you start combat with um without 20 I would say if you have all your key points I wouldn't do this. Yeah. But if you start combat with less than 20 key points you gain four so you just gain an extra four, and then if you, like, but max But only 20. up to, yeah, max, yeah, max 20. 20. Yeah. So, like, if you start a combat with 17, you go up to 20. If you start a combat with 9, you go up to 13. And then, like, now it's like, okay, I didn't, like, it's not as well, you know, it's still kind of underwhelming compared to I ask a god for a favor and they say yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then I would additionally maybe add, give them a third attack. So kind of give them a little bit of the fighter flavor. Like, what are monks here to do? They're here to punch things and kick things. Let's give them another punch or kick, you know.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So I would say you could do either one of those or both. I would definitely suggest maybe doing both. We haven't played any of these, so we haven't tested them out. But if you try them out, let us know how it goes. Definitely. Definitely. All right, let's move on to the next one.
0: The Ranger?
1: Yes, the Ranger. Do you want to tell us again what this underwhelming <laughs> capstone is?
0: Yes. So you can add your Wisdom modifier to an attacker damage roll once per turn. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that
1: seems okay.
0: But only against your favorite enemies.
1: Wah, wah.
0: Which right now is There's only three. F- three. It's not even four.
1: If you choose humanoids, then you get four. Well, yeah, but it's very specific. Yeah, you get two humanoid types and then like dragons and I don't know, celestials or something. So yeah, four types of creatures that you get to add max five damage to with anything is once a turn, right? Yes. It's not even each attack. Yeah. So underwhelming. I'm, I'm the best fighter, especially against this type of enemy. And I did three extra damage, five extra damage. I'm one attack, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay, so, well, if your wisdom isn't 20 as a ranger, what are you even doing?
1: Okay, sure. Well, I mean, some people like to take a lot of feats, so I don't judge them for that. Okay. But anyway, so my problem with this is, if you think about the classes, right? Yeah. Paladin is to cleric what ranger is to Druid? Do you agree yes. with that statement? Yes. So the Paladin gets a pretty decent... Capstone of, like, oh, look, I became a holy warrior of my type of oath. Yeah. So why doesn't the ranger become, like, a super warrior of their subclass?
0: I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, so when we were playing our regular campaign, and I was playing Zadriel, the character we made on the...
0: Indiana Jones and the Misplaced Pyramid.
1: There it is. I couldn't remember the name. I knew it had Indiana Jones in it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, on that episode, we talked about real when I got her up to level 20, and so Andrew and I talked about the capstone, and he's like, I, hey, I know this thing kind of sucks, so let me know if you have ideas. And I was like, well, I was looking at the paladin thing, and I made up a Gloom Sucker style uh, capstone that basically just does everything that Gloom Sucker does, but, like, at the next level.
0: Do you want to give an example? Because I don't remember. Okay, so... I know it was cool. I just don't remember what it was.
1: All right, I will, I will let you know what it does. So, Gloomstalkers, to remind the listeners, are really good at, like, hunting in dark, dank places. And, like, they get a bunch of features that, like, let them go invisible if people are using Dark Fishing to see them. They can get an extra bonus to an attack on their first turn. Oh,
0: yeah, that they is pretty cool. They can see further. Yeah.
1: Um, They can... What's the other thing I said? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, so what the I called this Master of Darkness.
0: Which is a clutch name.
1: Yeah, and I kind of stole some of these ideas from the Oathbreaker paladin Capstone. Okay. So as an action, you can make a wave of like darkness flow out from you. So you make everything within thirty feet of you dark and then everything within thirty feet of that. Dim light. Okay. Or I think it said bright light goes to dim and then dim light goes to darkness. Makes in sense. In that range. Yeah. yeah. Creatures that you choose within the range have dark vision. And if they already had dark vision, they gain 30 feet of dark vision, which is kind of like the umbral sight feature that gloom suckers get. Mm-hmm. So you kind of give some of your magic to the people around you that you want. Yeah, yeah. Creatures that attack those creatures have disadvantage on the attacks because they're, like, shrouded in darkness, which is yeah. another of the Gloomstock features that you can, like, do that to yourself.
0: Makes sense. Oh, yeah, because you can impose disadvantage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the last feature you get is whenever you make an attack, you basically get that first level feature of, like, I do an extra D8 of force damage. Nice. And I gain... Maybe you gain 10 feet of movement. I don't remember exactly. We'll post it with the show notes. Don't worry about it. But
0: sounds good yeah
1: it's basically like all i did was i went through the list of what features do gloomsockers get and i just kind of like said okay what would be like the next level of this
0: yeah let's let's beef it up a little
1: yeah which is like is really that hard i know that it is a little difficult to do but i don't know it's very underwhelming for that regular ranger capstone
0: yeah all right last two sorcerer. So, again, it's again. another thing. <laughs> if you begin combat with no sorcery points, you get four.
1: Woo. Whoop-de-doo, Basil.
0: <laughs> but what does it all mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, so, again, this is just not very good. So...
0: You had two suggestions.
1: Yeah, so I think the first suggestion I had was just do the same thing we did with the muck. Just If you have start combat with less than 20 Sorcery points, you get four to a max of 20. You know? Yeah. Just gain four. Another feature that I think they should really get sooner is that you get your sorcery points back on a short rest. Yeah. That could be part of the capstone. I mean, it's kind of made moot a little bit by the plus four at the beginning of combat thing, but yeah. it might not be. I mean, I I guess if you're using all 20 sorcery points in a fight and then you're starting another fight, you probably took a short rest between there, so it could be useful. Yeah. So I will say, yeah, I think those two were the things I had written, unless you see anything else on my notes that I forgot.
0: That is all I see.
1: All right. Let's go to my favorite class and another underwhelming capstone.
0: (laughs) The Warlock. So... Currently, you can use one minute to recharge your spell slots, but only once a day.
1: Yeah, so normally the Warlock can recharge their spell slots after a short rest, right? So that's like up to an hour of limited activity. And at this point, you're level 20, you have four spell slots. Yeah. So my idea was, okay, if I need a minute to recharge, I probably could take an hour. Honestly, like... It seems like if you have time to do one minute, you should probably have time to do an hour. I'm not sure on the circumstances. There's certainly cases where that's not true. But I think most of the time, if you have time to take a full minute of just doing a rest, then you can probably take a full hour. Yeah. So my suggestion would be that one thing you could do is like the Mystic Arcanums are the... 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth level spells that you get as a warlock that you can just do once a day. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get slots for them. So I think for the 6th and 7th level you should be able to do them now twice a day. That would be one improvement that you could do.
0: Yeah, because all the other casters, full casters, get two sixth level slots.
1: Yeah, and two seventh level slots by level 20.
0: Do you get two 7th yep. level? I, like I think at
1: level 19 or 20 you get a second 7th. I thought
0: level you only slot. had...
1: Now you get a second one, I think it might be level 20 Okay You can check the book
0: I might have not given myself another 7th oh, level fine, slot we I'm we pretty were fine sure in that fight. <laughs> No, I was very damaged What are you? No, okay. I mean, I was fine But I mean the, the higher level slots are great to have Yep, I was definitely supposed to have another 7th level slot
1: <laughs> Is that level 19 or 20? 20 Okay, yeah, so at level 20 The other full casters get a second level 7 slot yeah. So let's give Warlocks a second, sixth, and seventh. It would still be the same spell. Like, you can't do the same yeah. s- or different spells. I'm not yeah. saying that much, but it's still your Mystic Arcanum spell. It's just now you can do it twice.
0: And then you also had a note that this would be in addition to the Eldritch Master feature, and I don't remember what that, that is. is.
1: That's the minute recharge thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I also had another suggestion here of just give them a fifth slot. Give them another level 5 slot. Why not? The level 20. Yeah. Go ahead and just get a fifth level 5 slot.
0: Yeah, sounds great.
1: So I think Because, those... like, some of
0: their spells that they have anyways, like, are, don't even... They aren't even that great when you upcast them.
1: Honestly, when I play Warlock, I'm not doing a ton of casting spells in combat. Yeah. I'm usually Eldritch Blasting, to be yeah. honest. yeah. You can, or you, if you're playing, like, a Hexblade, you're probably Smashing Face and maybe supplementing. I think I make a lot of Warlock spells that are more utility than Battle. Yeah. Because, like, you only have two slots, so... Maybe you cast Hex and you're concentrating on it for the whole fight, and now you don't need any more slots, but... Right. But anyway, I think those were my thoughts on how to improve 5e. I got a lot more technical than you, but I think... We had a lot of great ideas here. A lot of ways to improve classes and races in this one. Yeah. I'm not sure... Like, the backgrounds, I think, are pretty good. Um,
0: Yeah, I think the backgrounds are fairly comparable in, like, what they give you. Like, I don't think any of them are superior to any others. Like... Yeah. It all just depends on what your campaign setting is and all that kind of stuff. And really also... Your creativity, like, you can make something as useful as you want. You're only limited by your imagination. And I guess if your DM is lame and doesn't let you do cool things (laughs) that you think of.
1: Yeah. And one last thing that Tim mentioned to me um, that he would do is that he mentioned, like, moving the plus two and plus one to the ability scores into backgrounds because he's like it makes more sense that that does make more sense a background would give you like more information on what you're better at ability score wise
0: that does make sense
1: yeah so you could also do that if you wanted to mess around with that
0: yeah Um, as opposed to what we said
1: yeah instead of doing this race thing but i think this race thing sounds really cool so i definitely want to try it yeah and I do want to make this weird dragonborn that we... <laughs> I also... <laughs> we're always making characters, and now see, we get another idea.
0: Always making the characters, even when we aren't trying to make characters.
1: Yeah, but I think that we gave the people a lot this Thanksgiving Day. Enjoy your Thanksgiving Day if you're in the U.S. Otherwise, enjoy your Thursday if you're not.
0: Yeah. You can find more information about our show at a com. Have ideas or feedback... Or need help creating your next character? Or have you, you know, tried out any of these things that we have done or come up with your own ways to make the game better, more fun? Email us at a pod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOCpodcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes.
1: Yes, we would be very thankful this Thanksgiving if we got a five-star review or if you told a friend, Tell your family about it. You're with them for Thanksgiving, or tell your friends, whoever you're with, just tell them about this show that you like. And Yeah,
0: and also, bonus, it's a pretty family-friendly podcast. There are a couple episodes that have some swears, but we let you know right away if they do.
1: Yep. We try to keep it clean for the kiddos. Mm-hmm. Because D&D is a good game to play with families and kids. Yeah. I've lost the plot. What do I say next?
0: Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon donor. Just search ACOC Podcast. Oh,
1: you say something next. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) Finally, you can support us by going to bookshop.org slash shop slash ACOC Podcast. And any purchases that you make there will help out our show and help out a local bookstore of your choice.
0: And I know that the local bookstores independent bookstores would be very thankful to get your business and also try to get those orders in early because supply chain issues are real
1: we would also be thankful if you checked out quinn's other podcast dungeons and dragon types where she plays willow the pokemon master pokemon trainer <laughs> what what is it the research
0: not... assistant okay
1: well but you are a, if you think about it you're a Pokemaster.
0: Yes, I. Definitely. You heard it here, folks. I am a Pokemon master.
1: Pokemon. Because she's Quinn. She's catching them all because she's great at it. Pokemon. Anyway, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Alex in Wonderland.
0: And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Not a Dr. Quinn. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Keep on rolling. left seat. Yep. What a good boy.